Welcome to the Interrupted Goodness Podcast. In the beginning, all things were created good by God, and we are promised that goodness will one day be here again. This is the place where we talk about what it looks like to live in the middle. Welcome back to the Interrupted Goodness Podcast. My name's Tyler Leland, and I'm here today again with David Diener. And we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to us, and that is raising boys. Between both of us, we have five boys. I have three boys, ages uh, four, six, and eight. And David has two more, ages... Four and six. Four and six. So we are in the middle of it. Yep. And trying to survive uh, parenthood at this point. That is true. <laughs> there's good days, there's bad days. If you have kids at home, you understand where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. So, since we both have boys, David, tell me one of the the joys of parenting boys. Man, boys are so, they're so fun, um, yet challenging. Yeah. Um, they're just... Uh, Danielle and I are different in this that I love that the boys roughhouse and they want to play and they like playing games. They like playing sports and it's constant, loud, crazy, messy in our house. And Danielle would just rather play, play quietly and, you know, uh, cleanly and like that way more like girls do, but boys are boys and they're crazy and they're loud and they're wild and. So I, I love it most days, unless I'm tired. <laughs> then it yes. gets then it gets tiring and it gets harder. But no, that's just they're very much they're very boys. They're very much boys. Yeah, and uh, one of the things we'll talk about a little bit later is at that stage of life that our kids are at. One way that they experience love is through the wrestling and, mm-hmm. and roughhousing. Yeah. So yeah, that that to me is one of the best parts too. And Adrian is just like Danielle. She just doesn't understand why they are the way they are yep they're dirty mm-hmm. they make messes everywhere they go <laughs> they want to wrestle even with her all the time yeah uh it it just doesn't go away that's yep. a daily battle for uh-huh. yeah i would say um beyond that for me one of the joys that i have is watching this um this balance of fearlessness and fearfulness play out every single day so they are very much fearless in, in so many ways. Yeah. Like, they'll do things that you're like, you're going to die if like you continue. climb a dresser and have it fall on you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my boys, my, my oldest did that and broke four bones. Oh, man. So tell that story real quick, at least of what you know, because you probably weren't there to see Yeah, it. so I walked in right afterwards, and he's screaming and crying, and Danielle's getting nice. Carter wanted something out of his top drawer of his dresser and didn't want to wait for mom to come, and so he... Pulled out the bottom few drawers and started climbing and down with the dresser right on top of him and broke four bones in his foot. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. If you could summarize boys, I think that'd be it. I know. I want something, I'm going to go get it. I don't care what it's going to take. Yep. It's crazy how fearless they can be. Yep. And they don't even think twice about it. They'll climb to the top of something and jump off without even thinking. And the crazy thing, Eli's more fearless than Carter. Yeah. And Carter was the one doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. So now the dresser is uh, screwed into the wall. So <laughs> That's why they give you those kits. That, that is, which I've always ignored. So we don't need yeah, this. I'm now the I, same way. But now we know. That they is. need to label it. If you have boys, put this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So you have that side of boys, but then also they are fearful in so many ways too. Yeah. So at night, 
they'll come to our rooms a lot of times and be scared of different things. Yeah. And there's that tension that um, we're always trying to walk with our boys through. When they have nightmares, um, we have this book. It's called Every Moment Holy. And it's like prayers for different seasons of life. And one yeah. is like when kids are having nightmares. And so as a part of that prayer, there's just this line that says, I am not afraid. I am never afraid. You are here. So we're always trying to point our boys back to the reality that it's okay to be scared at times mm -hmm. um, because we have somebody that's always with us and he's going to walk with us through the fears. Um, we don't have to do it by our, by ourselves. Yeah. So one line that um, George McDonald has in one of his books is trying to be brave is to be brave. And that's something that for our boys, we, we want them to remember. Like if you're trying to be brave, that's enough. You don't yeah. have to do anything special to be brave. It's just simply trying. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So that for me, just walking through every season of life with them and seeing the, the changes that happen um, but also the growth has been a true blessing, and I look forward to more of that in the future. So let's talk about what we want for our boys. So at the end of the day, um, when they are out of our household, if they're leading their own family someday or a part of a church family or off on their own uh, in a business or, or, or whatever endeavor they want, what, what do we want for our boys? Yeah, I think, and I, I honestly, I, I can already tell, well, obviously, my boys aren't there yet with this, but I want them to be leaders in the sense of, like, I'm not saying I want them to be a CEO of a company or anything like that, but I want them to lead the, the way in doing what's right. Like, when in a business world where it's cutthroat and win at all costs, like, um, to lead the way and doing it the right way. Cause my boys very much are right now. Everything is a race. Yeah. And so, and they will do whatever it takes to win that race. Yep. Um, but doing things the right way and leading their family. Well, even when it's hard, even when it's messy, loving their wives, well, leading their kids, leading in the church, not necessarily, I mean like in leadership, but setting the example for, for younger men, whether they're 21 or whether they're 41, like, yeah, I want them leading the way of what it means to look like to follow Jesus mm -hmm. in a world where it is very easy to conform and to take the easy route. Um, Carter, especially right now, he's a follower to the max. Um, if he sees somebody else doing it, I'm going to do it. Now, Eli is a leader. We saw that on Monday at his Christmas program. <laughs> uh, I wish we could roll that footage. Oh right man. For you, guys. you had a whole elementary school worth of kids up there singing. And one kid was out front standing on their head, spinning around, showing their butt to the crowd. That was my kid. Yep. yep. <laughs> so very he leads the way. What? It was very entertaining. It was very, it was very funny. And very memorable. It was for sure. But I'd rather have them leading the way in other ways. Yeah. So Carter is very much a follower. Eli is a leader. Now we just need both of them leading in the right way. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I do feel like those things that we, look at as weaknesses sometimes can also very much be strengths if we can point it in the right direction. So yeah. just like you were saying, you know, your kids uh, can be a leader and it depends on which way they're leading a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But um, in all of our boys, there's this uncovering of who God has created them to be that happens. 
I, I don't believe that kids are born as a blank slate. I think that God has wired oh, yeah, for all sure. of our kids mm-hmm. very uniquely and wonderfully. And so as parents, our job is to uncover the diamond in the rough. Yeah. Um, so we're gradually pulling back the dirt to reveal this beautiful diamond. And that's there, but it takes us walking with them to help them um, be who God's called them to be. Yeah. Um, man, I love that. I love that. I think mine would go along with yours. Um, it would be doing the right thing even when no one's watching. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do the right thing when people are watching, when mom and dad are there. Yeah. But I want them to be able to, to do the right thing when they're home alone. I want them to be able to do the right thing when they think, hey, I could get away with this. Um, I want them to make the right choices even when no one's watching. And that they are uh, men of God who display the fruit of the spirit in their lives. So a lot of times Adrian and I try to talk about things in terms of the fruit of the spirit. So Miles, our middle child, he is very emotional Mm -hmm. and he can lose his self-control quite often. So if we're watching an IU basketball game and the Hoosiers lose at the end of the game (laughs) in a close nail biter, which they do quite often, he will lose it. He Mm. just loses control. And so for us, it'd be easy to be like, knock it off miles you don't need to act that way but we try to to um talk about it in a way that connects to the fruit of the spirit so we'll talk to miles about hey one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control and so god helps us have self-control we need to ask him for self-control and um, we're trying to work with him on having more self-control because of it so in all of those different areas that we see our kids struggling in we know that a lot of times it's deeper and we want it to be pointed back towards the reality that God can help you with this. And, um, you know, we sin, we mess up, but when the spirit of God lives within us, we can do things differently too. Man, that's so good, Tyler. I'm I'm glad we're friends. (laughs) Hey, I will say, uh, too, that we fail all the time (laughs) (laughs) on a daily basis. I'm not having self-control. Like I'm yelling at my kids as I tell them to have self-control. So don't think too highly of me. Well, I do whether you like it or not. I struggle with a lot of things like that too. Um, I want to dive into what phase of life each of our kids are in. So I have a description of the two phases that our kids Mm -hmm. currently are in. And then as I describe that phase, I want you to kind of describe to me, how you see your kid as a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one, two to four year olds are known as the explorer. And actually all of this comes from a book um, that somebody recommended to me that had boys. It's called wild things, the art of nurturing boys. It's a, it's a great book and it really does divide it up into what stage or phase your kids are at. Um, So for two to four year olds, they're known as the explorer and explorers uh, by definition are active aggressive, curious, and self-determined. So for Eli, he's in that two to four range right now. How do you see that playing out for him? <laughs> is that, does that definition yes. fit who Eli is? Uh, I will, I will two, say two things to describe this about Eli. The first one is one word. Why? <laughs> yes. Why? Yep. Why are we doing that, Daddy? Why? Um, the other thing is something happened last night. So I just, for Christmas, uh, had somebody come in and, get some decorations and I built a table for Danielle and we had this Christmas tree thing. It was like a concrete thing. We looked over there. We noticed it was broken in half. Hadn't had it two days, broken in half. 
And we're like, guys, what happened? I don't know. Next thing you know, Eli says, I fall it. I saw it fall over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did. And then it turned into, well, I think my monster truck hit it. Yeah. And then it turned into, I hit it with my monster truck and it broke. Mm -hmm. And so just that aggressiveness, the exploring nature of it, like it just, Eli is very much in that phase of, he is very aggressive and he wants to know why for everything. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do anything uh, alone in the sense. I I don't know if Eli's a little different than that because I know a lot of kids are, I want to do it by myself. Yeah. But Eli is very much like, I want you to help me with this. Like, Mm So he's, I think he's a little different in that way. Um, or maybe he's just, he's trained us to do everything for him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I definitely, he's, everything you said defines yeah. him. Yeah. When I read that description, our youngest Theo is right in that stage right now as well. Um, active, he's bouncing off the walls 24 yeah. seven, aggressive. Out of all of the boys, he'll be the one that'll wind up and swing at you if he gets frustrated with <laughs> you. Or even just because, like, he just will pick on you and, like, poke or, or punch. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's the Theo thing, for us at least. Uh, curious. Yeah, he's always wondering what's going on, wants to know answers for everything. And then self-determined, out of all of our kids, um, he's always wanted to dress himself. And he'll do that, like, multiple times a day. So this morning, he was supposed to wear a Christmas outfit for school. Mm-hmm. And so we had like three different choices laid out and it took forever for him to say like, okay, I'll wear that one because he'd rather just pick his own stuff out. He didn't want us to tell him yeah. what, he, what he wanted to wear. He wanted to, to pick it himself. I do think for him, at least being the youngest of three, he sees his older brothers doing things um, and wants to do similar things as them. And he sees them being more independent. So he wants to be too. But it says in this stage that they express love and affection through wrestling, which we've talked about, headbutting, and sometimes even hitting. So I've never thought about uh, hitting being something that shows love and affection, but it is something. They just want that that side of things um, to come out so that they know that they're, they're love and being shown affection. Yeah. And it's really important for this stage to have consistency and structure, which I see with Theo all the time. We're always having to reinforce, mm-hmm. this is what you can do, this yeah. is what you can't do, and he doesn't get it a lot of times. But I'm hopeful that it is a phase, <laughs> and eventually it'll click, and he'll say, okay, I get what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. He just That line is very blurry right now yeah. for him. Yeah, and I think that's where the exploratory comes out. They're still trying to figure yes. out okay, what can I and can I do? What is and is not appropriate? Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out where that line is so they know yep. where to walk. And sometimes they just blow past the yes. line, don't they? <laughs> they don't give two rips about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our older kids then. So that would be um, Carter and then for me, Miles and Kobe. They would be known as the lovers, um, which in this age group, which would be, uh, let's see, four to eight. That's the next next phase it's marked by tenderness, obedience, attachment to dad, and competitiveness. So how do you see that playing out with Carter? Carter, I would say especially the last two. Carter and I have become more attached yeah. lately. Um, and he is a competitor to the max. If it's going downstairs for breakfast, whoever's downstairs first. the Once we get to breakfast, whoever finishes the waffle first. Like everything is a competition with him, whether it be with me, with Eli, with mom, like whatever it is, he is a competitor. You can, indeed, I think 
his the the tenderheartedness is definitely starting starting to come through with him in, in different situations and um yeah but especially those last two uh he and I he's definitely a daddy's boy right now and Eli's very much a mama's boy yeah but he's he everything's a competition to Carter yeah and for you this is nothing new because you grew up with brothers right so that com- competitive nature was that there growing up for you because you're one of three boys too right right yes and no um my 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 next closest brother was still 4 years older than me and my one above that is 8 years older than me so i mean there was a big enough age group age gap especially my oldest brother we didn't really do a whole lot together um but yeah there was still definitely we still played video games yeah i mean there was still we still fought and all that stuff and there was still plenty of competitions um so yeah i mean this is nothing new for me there's this was all surprised to Danielle, who has a younger brother who's eight years younger than her, but then has a sister that's two years apart. So it was basically her and her sister growing up together most of the time, and little brother was little enough. It wasn't – she never really got to see the boy side of things, and that's all I've ever known. So yeah. it's been a shock to her system, but this is very much normal to me. And she worries and freaks out about stuff, and I'm they're being boys. <laughs> like, they're yeah, fine. Right. And that's new to me because I had a sister. She was three years older than me is three years older than me and uh, I love my sister, but didn't have the same like competitive nature about all things. We'd play basketball and stuff together and um, she'd tell you she beat me all the time, which is not, not the case. She beat me sometimes though. Um, So it's a little different for me having boys now and seeing that side of things, but it's, it is a really big blessing to see it too, because they, um, they play together all the time. And even though it is competitive, it's fun to see them, be like, hey, let's go outside and throw the football around, or hey, let's go play basketball, and they just can't get enough of of competing against one another. And I, I will say with this stage, um, especially for Miles in the middle, but Kobe too, you, you start to see more of the tenderness coming out that wasn't there before, um, and also them wanting to obey mom and dad. Like that's been something that's bigger to them now than it ever has been before. They want they want our approval and things, but that marks this this stage of the um, four to eight year old. So, I think in this stage, it's really important to explain the why of the right and wrong to them. Where before it was just black and white, they're trying to figure out the line. Now you can dive into more of the why behind why you're giving them these rules. And then also encouraging the the imagination. This is a a huge time where kids are shaped. And so when you can pour into their imagination uh, good and positive things, it's going to help shape their faith too. Go ahead. I want to stop real quick. I know you and Adrian are are really big into that. You've talked about imagination for a long time. So I guess how do you instill that in your kids right now? Yeah. um, We believe that imagination is connected to faith because when you're talking about faith, you're talking about the things unseen. So an active imagination filled with things that are, are good and pure and lovely and beautiful, uh, we think can help fuel and spark that faith imagination too. So a couple of things we do, we try to read to our boys on a consistent basis, even as they get older. I think for a lot of parents, um, you read until a kid can read on their own, and then it's like, well, they can read now, so I don't need to read to them. But this, like like we just said, the imagination is so big in this stage 
that continuing on reading stories that help build the imagination is really a positive thing. That can be picture books, that can be chapter books. We look for a lot of stories that um, are full of characters that are boys that they can inspire to be. And um, I think that's been helpful for us. And then also there's this thing called Imaginative Prayer. It's a book that you can get. Um, but we try to do these imaginative prayer with our boys um, on a fairly regular basis. We haven't done it in a few months now, but it, it's a great way for them to close their eyes and to imagine what it would be like um, in certain situations, like they're praying to God. It's just a different way to pray. And I think that having our kids pause and close their eyes and just use their imagination is super helpful. And then things like the clubhouse, um, mm-hmm. uh, giving them Nerf guns and yeah. costumes and, and all of the different things that allow them to role play and to see themselves as someone else uh, is, is really powerful, too, to help, help play. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those are, those are where we're at right now with our boys. I, uh, it's like we said, there's good days, there's bad days. I know that there's times that we fail as parents, but it is uh, such an honor to be able to raise boys, and we look forward to what's to come. I think that at some point we need to bring some other people in that can talk about uh, the stages that we're not in yet mm-hmm. as parents and to be able to walk with us a little bit more yeah. through that. So we'll try to brainstorm some names of people that we think have done it well and bring them in in a, a future episode also. So you want, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Is there any stories in the middle that you have prepared? Or? Oh, no, no, I do not have okay. any stories from the middle. That's all right. We'll, we'll come back to that next time. Some of our podcasts have been a little bit longer recently. Yeah. So we've, we've become been, yeah. like preacher mentality. We just continue going on. You give us a mic, we're not going to shut up. Right, right. So we'll, we'll cut this off, one off a little bit early. See you, everybody. See ya. Bye.